You're listening to the Primary Medicine Podcast with Kevin and Dimitri, bringing you the best in primary care CME that you can use in your everyday practice. Welcome back, everyone, to the Primary Medicine Podcast. I have Kevin, Dr. Kevin. Uh, he's joining us today. He's joining, he's joining the dark side. He's moving from emergency medicine back into family medicine, back into the, the uh, less exciting chronic follow-up medicine that uh, I, guess, I guess you're not used to. You have to get back into it, right? Because that's where you started. That's how we met. Yeah, exactly. So we met, you know, what is more than a decade ago um, in family medicine residency, Dimitri. And I went off and became an eMERGE bro uh, <laughs> for a few years. Um, yep. And I don't know if anybody's listened to Dr. or watched Dr. Glaucom Flecken on, um, you know, social media, but he's amazing right. at yeah. the impersonations. And it's the, so, the so bro, yeah. <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, after 10 years of working in the eMERGE, I am uh, beginning to transition to doing family practice. And I'm very excited about it. I've really come to embrace the relationships um, that you have with patients. And I, over the years have, you know, just, you know, you start to talk to people and you hear a bit about their story and a bit about their life. And then that's it. They, they leave the department. Um, right. But in family practice, it's an opportunity to have that continuity of care and to get to know your patients. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, there's a lot of similarities for sure, in terms of um, like kind of urgent care presentations or, you know, Hey doctor, what's this on my, you know, my ankle or whatever, you know, but it's definitely the the big ones that have been focusing on have been, you know, chronic disease, um, screening, diagnosis, and management. Um, and, you know, updating myself on those compared to where I've been at, and just learning the approaches to handling them. And so today, I'm very excited to, to talk about an approach to hematuria, because I've been seeing lots of microscopic hematuria rolling yep. in. Oh yeah, it's um, very common, and and just having a fairly systematic approach to dealing with that, um, so that I'm not you know um, missing anything or I'm or I'm referring appropriately. Before we get into that, I just I'll pitch um, you know that Dimitri and I years ago founded Physician Empowerment, and we've got our conference coming up May sixth and seventh, two thousand and twenty three, in beautiful downtown Toronto. So come and join us. Um, it's a great time every year to learn about finance and money as it relates not only to our practice lives, but as it relates to our personal lives, because the the point of financial security should be to build a better life, to build more peace of mind, more time for self, more time for relationships and family, and less stress. Uh, so again, it's May 6th and 7th. We're really looking forward to it. But uh, with that being said, Dimitri, how about we go back and forth and just talk about hematuria and you teach me and I'll I'll tell you some of the things that I've learned um, along the way. So in the emergency department, when somebody comes in with hematuria, um, you know, if it's if it's gross hematuria, you know, that workup, it, you know, sort of depends on what the history and physical guides us towards, you know, big one being, you know, ureteral calculi or, or renal calculi is a cause, um, you know, UTI as another cause, but, you know, there are extra urinary causes, um, you know, including appendicitis, diverticulitis, but it feels like all paths lead down to ultrasound or CT yep. um, and treatment for UTI or suspected UTI. But why don't you take us through a little bit more as to, as to what to do with, um, you know, the patient who um, let's say is found to have microscopic hematuria or who walks in and says, yeah, I think I've, I'm peeing blood from time to time. 
Sure. And, and you, you know, let's just start with definitions. Obviously, microscopic means that that you, the patient doesn't see it. So you've seen it on a test for something else. You've done a dip because you thought that they have a UTI or, you know, for whatever other reason, maybe the urine had changed color and it's positive. Whereas gross hematuria, obviously the patient is seeing it and it, the approach is a bit different. I think yeah. that the the main thing, and I guess that's where I have a question for you, because the, the main thing to do if you're dealing with microscopic imagery in family medicine is you repeat the test and you tell them, well, first of all, you ask them, are you, are you menstruating, right? Because if you were, it's probably why. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it might seem dumb, but I do ask this question as well. Like, did somebody punch you in the kidney before you did this test? Did you fall or slip? Yeah, right? or even heavy exercise. Yep. Heavy exercise as well that can cause hematuria. Yeah, exercise induced rhabdo, and then and then you repeat the test. So, so I, I guess what in the emergency department, like you don't necessarily have the the follow up to repeat the test. So, do you tend to repeat it, or do you just work work it up? Completely? You know what? I'll tell patients to follow up with their family. That's fair. Family physician or walk in yeah. clinic. You know, um, I, I guess as long as you roll out, roll out the big stuff like kidney stones. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, a lot of people will have imaging or they get treated for UTI, you know, yeah. so, so that tends to be where we go. I mean, and the big one, you know, I would say the big one that we don't want to miss is, you know, some kind of serious, you know, I, as this is my guess at it would be, you know, renal disorder, right? you know, yeah. intrinsic renal disease, some kind of, you know, glomerulonephritis or something like that, nephrotic syndrome. And then, of course, malignancy, right? Yeah. Whether it's a renal cell carcinoma, bladder cancer, you know, something else along the lines of of the the urinary tract um, that needs to be dealt with and diagnosed in a timely fashion. I think that's the bottom point. Just to to reiterate here is that you can let it go. Yeah, like you have to you have to dig deep and f- make sure it's not a bad thing. So yeah. can't, like in, in family medicine, if you're dealing with this, people over 50, you always consider cancer. Obviously, if it's a kid, kids always get this trans kids can get this transit and explain imagery all the time, but but it's it's different if you're doing with an adult. You have to sort of dig deep and rule those out. So generally the way you'd approach it is you repeat it and you can even ask, because the problem is sometimes you get false positives, right? The machine says there's blood red blood cells and there isn't you can actually write on the on the note to be examined by by an actual pathologist and take take a look if there's actual red blood cells oh yeah Um, and there's a cutoff it depends on which province you're in but there's a cutoff to what's significant so you actually write down please look for red blood cells on the on the on the urinalysis and if they are there and you repeat it once more and they're still there you need to go full full code and figure out what's happening. Um, you may, you may want to wait two weeks or like a month between repeating them, something like that. There's no specific guidelines, but you do. Yeah, yeah you do. And I guess in the emergency department, you would do a, like, I guess my question to you is when would you go with an ultrasound over a CT scan? Yeah. I mean, it depends what the presenting complaint is, right? Cause we rarely is like hematuria something a patient in the emergency department will walk right. in with right. right that's fair yeah more often than not they've they've got a symptom they've got pain or dysuria or concerns for an sti or something along those lines um or you know what lots of people just get urines out of the blue right you know what i mean right um you know whether it's triage labs or something along those lines so it will turn up 
um, from time to time. It's more of an incidental uh, but, finding. Like yeah, but yeah. And, and even in the emergency department, you know, like we may do some basic investigations and then re-refer a patient to go back to their family doctor, give them a requisition. They can do an outpatient ultrasound or something like that on their own. But that workup is going to be quite limited, um, partly because of the follow-up and, you know, um, and uh, and partly because, you know, a lot of these, a lot of hematuria is actually tied to a different presentation altogether. So, but yeah, I mean, the big one is, is you know, rule out some kind of interabdominal urgency is what I would describe it as, you know, whether it's a kidney stone or diverticulitis or appendicitis, those things can also cause hematuria acutely. Yeah, yeah certainly can. Um, yeah. You know, or pelvic inflammatory disease in, you know, uh, you know, you're in the female population that we were seeing. So that is kind of where, you know, a lot of hematuria workup kind of orients in the emergency department. But in family practice, you know, I'm learning that, you know, it's important, um, you know, to track this down and to sort of have a systematic approach to it. And I, you know, just in studying and learning, you know, I remember that if your patient works in a benzene factory, yeah. Or yeah. manufactures aromatic amines that they need to, you know, that you need to be more vigilant. I mean, but the the, the risk factors here, and what I'm getting at is cancer. I mean, that's yeah. the big one we're always yeah. scared of missing, right? Because a lot of other diseases kind of jump out at us, right? I mean, if somebody's creatinine is through the roof, you know, and they and they stop peeing because they've got some kind of you know, you know, intrinsic renal disorder. I mean, yeah, I mean that's pretty obvious. We send that on to a nephrologist right away, right? But it's this. You know, it's that, is there a cancer lurking up there is always the concern and, and the limits of testing, right? I think that's the other important thing that I've come to appreciate, right? I mean, you, you touched on it, Dimitri, with your discussion about, you know, like what's the value of a urinalysis and microscopic hematuria when, when the machine reads it, I mean, is it, do you, should you request for a pathologist to eyeball it? Um, And so, I mean, the risk factors for cancer though are, advancing age over the age of 40 or 50 male um interestingly caucasian uh background and then you know personal history of bladder cancer but i think that goes without saying any cancer you know should be assumed that it can come back um but you know the classics are cigarettes um cigarettes uh radiation exposure alcohol any of those any of those sorts of things um, but what I was also interested in was people who have chronic inflammation of the lining of their bladder. So whether right. that's a large stone burden, an indwelling fully catheter, um, you know, endometriosis. Pubic, endometriosis yeah, it's right, not, yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You know? So, so those would be kind of the things that, you know, may, might, you know, tip a practitioner off to, being more vigilant on the hematuria that you're seeing because there's a lot that that will come through practice you know and also what I'm, i've learned as well is that you know be mindful that even in bad things the hematuria can be intermittent you yeah. know and we even see that in bad uh genital urinary trauma they don't always have hematuria even though they may suffer like yeah. a, a renal contusion which kind yeah. of blew my mind you know, yeah, it, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. You, you know, so I, again, it's just, it's having that low threshold to work it up. So let's say you you decide, okay, this is more than a UTI. I've done two or three, you know, serial urines. There's persistent blood there. What's your next step in working these up, Dimitri? Do you want to just take us through that? Sure. 
so, so at the end of the day, just to simplify things and make it big ideas here, you need to examine the whole urinary canal because you have to figure out where it's coming from. Like, that's what you have to do. Yeah, it's a path. There's two kidneys, yeah. two ureters, one bladder, one yeah. urethra. So the kidneys can be imaged two ways. You can do ultrasound or CT scan. And Blood. sorry, what kind of CT? Like a non-con? So usually a non-con, but I, but again, if if there is some kind of, and, and I'm not a radiologist here, but I'm assuming that if there is some kind of big suspicion of a mass in the kidney, they may have to switch to contrast. But again, don't don't quote me on that. Sure. I just send the I just send the requisition to my to my to the radiology, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll do a contrast or not. Yeah. But but at the end of the day. You need to image the the kidney. So you're doing ultrasound if it's a microscopic hematuria or CT scan. I go for CT scan if it's gross because the chance of it being something bad is higher with gross hematuria. Oh, interesting. Okay, good to know. Yeah, not and always. CT is going to be more sensitive than yeah. ultrasound. Plus, if there's a stone, right? It's actually more re- the resolution is better on stones as well for a CT scan. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. CTs yeah. are much more sensitive at picking up, uh, you know, ureteral calculi. Um, so not that you can't get away with ultrasound and right. KUB, which I know some sites that have limited access to CT, I that's a reasonable alternative from what I understand, but being mindful of the limitations. And yeah, if it's a big hassle to send your patient way out of town to go get a CT, you may just have to do it Yeah, if you're yeah. a rural practitioner. Exactly. So so again, I, if if you have access to a CT scan, I think it's reasonable if they have gross hematuria to, to go straight to that. Um, but if you don't have access, an ultrasound is okay. It's a decent test, right? It's certainly a decent test. So that so you've examined your kidneys. You've done a CT scan or an. You've looked at the big yeah, things. The big things. So you 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 make sure there's nothing there. Next, you have to look at the bladder. And the thing about the bladder is the ultrasound of the bladder is not that good at detecting problems. What you need to do is you need to examine the bladder either with a cystoscopy, so that's your urology friend doing that, or worst case if you have you don't have a lot of access to urology. You have to do a cytology. So, Which, so do you, do you like, will you send off like, cause I've talked to different doctors about this and I've done different reading, but like some will say on block, you know, you're going to do STI testing, chlamydia, gonorrhea, UA, CNS, urine cytology, just send off everything in the urine. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like that's a bit of overkill. This, so it, it, it depends know. on your access. The cytology, I, I rarely do uh, because what I what I end up doing is obviously I check for urinary tract infection if that's negative. By the way, if it is a urinary tract infection and you treat it and they're at risk, I'd say anybody over 50, I would repeat the urine. Again, this is my pro- my approach. Yeah, You don't have to do that, but if you're over 50, I would certainly repeat the urine to make sure that the, the bleeding's gone. I know it's an extra step, but you might, I mean, a tra- uh, infection can mask something, right? It can well, mask well or, or is the person, do they have an infection, you know, right. a bladder malignancy and they're just getting UTIs because the architecture of the bladder wall is different now. Exactly. You know, I and can, it now becomes yeah. a focus. So I, I'm always worried about misattribution. And I always look at UTI, especially in males, as a symptom, not the disease. 100%. And even think about like at the end of the day, think think of, think of the idea of if if you have blood in your stool, probably it's a hemorrhoid, right? But you're not going to assume it's a hemorrhoid. You still get the colonoscopy. You're, you're not going to stop looking right. just because you saw a hemorrhoid. Exactly. That's the same thing with the urine. So so again with the urine, um, 
I think so. You do the you do the, the you need to check the bladder and the way we approach it out west. I mean out east. Sorry, I guess we're east Ontario and Quebec is cystoscopy. So everybody with persistent microscopic hematria or gross hematria, persistent or not, gets a cystoscopy because you have to look at the bladder, the pelvic ultrasound or the transbladder ultrasound. Sorry, the, the Abdominal ultrasound looking at the bladder is not going to detect. No, cancer. no. I mean, these are low sensitivity. It's kind of like, I mean, they, yeah. 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 So, so, so that's, that's it. That's it. At the end of the day, just to summarize, you have to check the kidneys, you have to check the bladder and Good. you have to make sure it's not an infection. Um, the other stuff depends province to province. Now I know that, that the, one of the issues is if you have somebody with persistent hematuria, that's unexplained. Sometimes what you might do and urologists might do is they might ask you to do a cytology every so often, right? But that's that's not here. There, It's usually the urologist that makes that call. I, I don't order a cytology as a primary care physician unless I'm told to do so by Yeah, specialists. I think it's costly and it doesn't necessarily change management, right? Exactly. I mean, you're not going to tell your patient who, you know, has smoked, you know, his whole life and works in that benzene factory that is cytology is negative. We don't have to worry about bladder cancer. The other broader reflection that I have, you know, when it comes to outpatient referrals, and I've thought of this for years is there's a lot of parallels here with cardiac stress testing. Right. And the value of a cardiac stress test is not the test itself, like not walking on the treadmill, although there's value there, the sensitivity and specificity for coronary artery disease is actually pretty terrible. Yeah. When you think about how serious the disease is, yeah. the value is the fact that your patient is in front of a cardiologist who is taking the history, looking at those risk factors and going, yeah, we're going to send you for a MIBI, yeah. right? And it's the same with the urologist. I mean, the urologist is, this is what she or he does all the time. Yeah. So when you refer on, like they're going to have a better sense of how to work this up, you know, yeah. and, and this is where you hand off care to that higher level. You know, you phone up to a grown-up, as we say in the emergency department. I guess I'm going to have to come up with new phrases now that I'm retraining as a family doctor. We, we can use that. I can use, I use that. I've, I've stole that phrase from you. Yeah. <laughs> I phone up so, to a grown-up. So that's the way I look at it, right? I mean, yeah. in the end, I mean, if your patient is, you know, does not have a totally benign reason here for this hematuria um, or, you know, has a bad story, I mean, they need, they need to be in front of a urologist. They need to get a cysto or at least have that discussion. And even if even if it's like a nephrology thing, right? I mean, in my case, urology and nephrology they they work together. It's nephrological as well. So, yeah, I was going to add. Do you want to talk about a little bit of like blood work to go look for? You know, sure. I, mean, I mean, you have to do kidney function, right? You have to look yeah. through the creat. You have to do sodium potassium. Obviously, if the urinalysis has other things such as casts or protein, then is when I would. Anything extra than just the blood, yeah. The bad kidney function. I call a grown up. I call the nephrologist. And oh, say, hey, you know what? I love what that. Do I do here. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, because yeah, I, simple. There's so many different glomerulonephritis, and listen, I teach. I teach this stuff, but holy crap, it's it's complicated. Call a grown up. Anything extra in there? Call a grown up. Um, my nephrologists are very nice. You know, you, you just call them. Like, give them what's happening. They tell me what the next step is. And oftentimes urology and nephrology will, will coordinate care for those people. Wonderful. Yeah. So that's, Wonderful that's as approach. it should be. Yeah. That's my approach. And I think it's worked very well. And I don't think uh, it puts any extra pressure on the system at all because 
Anything extra suggests some kind of disease process that needs to be well. And the other thing is like we should be catching these things early, not late. Yeah, right. There's exactly. a lot less work in a negative workup than you know going through a whole bunch of cancer treatments or your patient winds up on dialysis or something horrible. Yeah. And this is sort of the big question, though, that I don't have an answer to because there's no specific guidelines in Canada. But do you do your analysis in every every patient when you do physical? And that's that's the question. And I I I, I tend to do that, but some people don't, and I don't have the best arguments for why I do it. And I, I'm sure people then don't do it have good arguments why they don't. It's more of a personal choice. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, just like so a lot of those a lot tests, there. Yeah. So let's bottom line this, um, sure. you know, just, just for my own learning, but find uh, you got to find where the blood's coming from. Find out where that it's blood a tube. is. It's a tube. It's with, a tube. With, with two organs. Two kidneys, yeah. two ureters. So where's it coming from? Well, I guess it could be, in, it could be like endometriosis, but you know, find where it's coming from. Right. And yeah, yeah that's, that's what. Find where it's coming from. And then don't ignore that hematuria. It's not don't a nothing. Yeah. You, you wouldn't, it's you, not a nothing. The only blood I would ignore is a nosebleed. Blood coming from your nose. Okay. All right. Blood from anywhere else, your ears, your mouth, <laughs> your Good anus, rule. your penis. Good sir, rule. Yeah, you, you gotta you, you gotta you gotta you gotta dig in. That's where I'm coming yeah. from. Bleeding gums. Yeah. Bleeding Go gums for it. True. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. All right. Um, so again, everybody, we're looking forward to another another great conference here with Physician Empowerment, and we look forward to having you join us. Um, let us know your thoughts on this episode and, um, and, uh, if anybody wants to, to come on and, and join us, um, sometime by all means. Yeah. Any other, was... any other thoughts, Dimitri? Any other? No, 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 I, I, uh, it's, it's, it's great to, to learn together. Yeah, I, honestly, you're, you're I really coming to the it. family medicine folded last after. I can't, I can't believe we've been, yeah, here I am full circle. Oh, sir, Maybe I should just skip the eMERGE step, but no, I've really, really loved emergency medicine. Yeah. And I'm not ready to give it up, not for a long time. But um, it's it's nice to it's nice to do family. Oh, wait, wait! I gotta finish with this question. Would you do a Would you do a fast on the bladder if somebody has hematuria? Oh, I should because I'm an ER bro. I'm an ER bro. I should actually I should just have my ultrasound, my portable ultrasound in my pocket. And I hook right. it up to my smartphone. I guess you can look at the kidneys. I suppose you can you can see if there's something wrong there. But yeah. yeah. Um, let I'll let I'll let everyone in on a secret. It it's not as good as as the radiologist okay. ultrasound. Okay. All right. Big secret maybe, there, right? Maybe a big secret there, guys. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> and <laughs> interestingly, I don't have as much knowledge and experience as a radiologist who does it all the time and is fellowship trained yeah. in it. Yeah. Interestingly enough, that yeah. weekend course just didn't cut it for me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So we're joking, but again, work work it up, right? Well, well, I would say understand the limits of, of your assessment yeah. tools. That is the wisdom I have learned in this job, right? Um, you know, if you got the heebie-jeebies on something, understand the limits of CT, understand the limits of ultrasound, right. understand the limits of that that stress test, all of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, and don't be for, for, don't be afraid to push back when you're worried, right? Um, you know, a test. A consultation, that is not the word of God, right? It's up to us to use our clinical judgment, especially as the doctor that, you know, is in primary care and knows our patients yeah. best. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's that's one thing I, I do enjoy is you have you have the, you can do follow-ups, right? It's a bit hard yeah. to do that in the eMERGE because you guys are so busy. 
They're but one and done. Yeah, you can do follow up. Ships in the night. Ships. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Always a Wonderful. pleasure to have you over. My this friend. was tons of fun. Yeah. Thank Take you care. for teaching me, Dimitri. I'm grateful. You just got another 98 concepts to go. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. The 99. Gotcha. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> All right.